Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to another edition of the Hoopjack Podcast Series. You know us, you love us. It's Chris and Jake. Jake, how was your weekend? Uh, short, not nearly long enough, but yeah, there's another one coming up. There always is. I can. Thank God. It was just exhausted, but you know, got to push through the day. So we have a lot to talk about today. So we're just gonna get right into it without this day in history. And Jake, what's on the docket? What happened on this day? So- We've got a lot of people making their NBA debuts on this day. Um, a few years ago, we had Bam Adebayo, Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons, um, Bernard King made his NBA debut. Um, Bill Walton made his NBA debut. Kareem the Dream made his. Mm. Um, got a couple like statistical feats. Um, Nate Thurmond of the Chicago Bulls in 1974 blocked 12 shots in one game. Gosh. Bill Russell of the Celtics in 1968 pulled 36 rebounds. Guy Rogers in 1966 for the Chicago Bulls had 20 assists in one game. And the big one for me is in 1959, Elgin Baylor playing for the Minneapolis Lakers. Scored 52 points in a loss to Detroit in 1959. The fact that that's a loss surprises me, but 52 points. Uh, It was a 106-105 loss. That's close. Yeah, one point. Elgin Baylor scored 49.5% of their points. That's crazy. That's a I'm going to do a miniature deep dive here just to see how many points he was responsible for in that game. Elgin Baylor, 52-point game. Let's see. Um, Oh, oh, apparently he had a lot of 50-point games, so I'm going to have to be more specific. Yeah, you're going to have to be more specific on that 50-point game. Okay, well, I'm not seeing that stat line. So, so it's probably just no, no deep with dive the there. Probably no gone deep with the dive wind. there. Gone with the wind. Yep. So, that's interesting, though. Um, 52 points in a loss. I mean, MJ's had multiple, you know, 40, 50 point games that have ended in losses. Okay, so I actually found it. Assists were not tracked at that point. That's why I couldn't find it. Um, that makes sense. But he had 52 points and 21 rebounds Gosh, on 61% from the field. What? 61% from the field. Guys, today can't even do that. Oh, okay. We're going to name drop here. Earl Lloyd played for the Pistons in that game. Earl Lloyd was the first African-American basketball player to either to be drafted or to play, but he went to West Virginia State University. <laughs> throwing a throwing a Division two yeah. college out there. Yeah, got a, I think they were. I think they're an HBCU. I don't know. I, I might be wrong on that, but yeah, he's from. Well, he's from Alexandria, Virginia. Yeah, it's just going full circle. It's just going full circle right we, now. We both got connections. The VA to, and West yeah. Virginia State. Which is interesting. Yeah, uh, so that that's all for this day in history, and the miniature so, deep dive, and the miniature and the miniature deep dive, which could be our main deep dive for today. There isn't a whole lot to kind of put it in perspective, but one of the main things that I want to talk about before we get into our uh, it, our main topics for today is fan conduct in college sports. I feel like you might know where I'm going with this. I don't know where you're going with so, this, actually. So where I'm going with this is students who are in the fans need to behave better than them, need to be able to accept the fact that they're going to get a loss from their school. And the reason I'm saying this is because we had an incident over Saturday night. I have not Ten- seen this yet. Tennessee versus Ole Miss. The Rebels are winning. It's late in the game, and Tennessee fans are throwing everything oh, yeah. onto the field at Lane Kiffin yeah. and the Rebels. I did see that, actually. So, 
put it in perspective. They had to delay the game, and Ole Miss, the Rebels had to get to safety because they're throwing water bottles, beer cans. There was even a bottle of mustard. Who takes a bottle of mustard to a game? For one, what is wrong with you for bringing mustard to a game? Security, very high risk there, I'm telling you. But at the same time, it's like, what would you, what, I mean, in my personal experience, you know, there have been fans who have gotten out of line and they're not, they could be students of the school and they could just be, you know, locals. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's got to be some sort of disciplinary, you know, actions and some consequences for fans of that nature because, so, you know. What I would recommend in this situation, I'm watching the clip of it now. Student section for the next game? No, no student section. Block it no off. No student section. If you if you want to be in the student section, you have to behave. But did you see what caused all the bottle throwing? I did, and that, that's about as controversial as I've ever seen. That's a tight call. Uh huh. To make that call in real time. Why don't, you, why, don't, why don't you explain to the fans the call that we're talking about? So it's – I'll set the scene. It's fourth and 24. Tennessee's sitting at four and two. Ole Miss is sitting at four and one. Ole Miss has a Heisman candidate quarterback. Dude is an absolute stud. I watched him play a little bit. I can't, I can't remember who they were playing against, but this dude's a really good football player. Tennessee's down 31-26. They've got the ball um, almost to the 50-yard line. 54 seconds left. Fourth and 24. Quarterback throws an absolute rocket over the middle. Um, they get the dude probably at the 43-yard line. They need to get to the 40. Defender hits him, and he falls, like, just short of the first down marker. And I, I don't know what the call was in real time, but the call was eventually that he did not make it. So then after this happens, you, it's just, like, raining hellfire of just trash being thrown onto the field. Like you, you can see people just like throwing beer cans and bottles of water and everything is just like all the liquid is just flying everywhere. So for, for one COVID hazard, COVID hazard. Yeah. Let's, let's be responsible here, people. And two, it's just, you gotta learn that it's not that you're causing a problem that doesn't need to happen. So Tennessee's coach looks like he got hit with a golf ball, like in the leg. No, no. What uh, was that? That was Lane Kiffin. Was that Lane Kiffin? Lane okay. Kiffin got thrown. It was hit his shoulder. Hit his a shoulder. Golf ball hit his shoulder. Dude, he didn't even flinch. That no, I mean, he didn't. He didn't even bat an eye. And then there was another time he caught a water bottle thrown at him. By the way, Lane Kiffin, good hands. Could have been a tight end. Uh, that's that's tough. I mean, you've got you've got the cheerleaders running off the field, holding their signs over their faces to avoid being hit. Like, what kind of responsible adult is putting those young women in that situation that they have to do that? Just people in the stands who can't, you know, just too many feelings going on. Like, I, I get, get it. it. I get it. It's Tennessee football. Tennessee is, you know, that you live and breathe. Football. For whatever reason, that trash program lives and breathes football. I know their their fans aren't the smartest, but you got to be smarter than this. I don't like Tennessee. <laughs> if you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, just our fans out there are gonna be like, "What is? What did he just say? Did he they just pro- say they, something?" They, did, they didn't even understand it for the most part. <laughs> huh? What? Yeah. Yeah, you got to be smarter. Do better. It's just that—that that was my little moment. I was just like, you know, fans, we gotta conduct ourselves again because th- this reminds me of, yeah, the the Yankees Red Sox call when A Rod kind of swung his hand yeah. to deflect the ball, and then all of a sudden, all the New York Yankees fans were throwing bottles and balls on the field. And I gotta delay the game. It's like, come on, guys, we gotta act better. And it's the safety. Like these are still athletes, and they're even the college kids. They're kids. They're playing a playing a game. The endings of these games take way too long for people to be doing dumb stuff like that and prolonging the ending. 
I know. Like, had it been the other way around, they wouldn't have done nothing. Yeah. I think about that. Had it been the other way around and Tennessee was winning, like, nothing would have happened. We, we call that been... sore loser. I know. It's basically it. Sore losers. And so, Tennessee fans really don't have a reason to be sore losers. They should be used to it by now. <laughs> it's been 20 years since they were good at anything. They need. To, they should just be used to it. I respect their women's basketball program more than their football program. Their women's basketball program wins. <laughs> they haven't been good since... I don't know what you're crunching on over there, but sorry, it sounds good. It sounds good. Is it food? I was, no, I was moving a piece of paper. Oh, but I think Tennessee hasn't been good since what the wouldn't Peyton wouldn't Peyton Manning an alumni? Or did he? Um, he went to Tennessee. I think he did go to Tennessee. I think that was the last time they were a winning program. And then when, what? Eli went to Ole Miss, didn't he? Yeah. And I think Arch Manning is going to be Ole Miss or Tennessee. He's one of the two. Yeah. But, Unless you ask Pat McAfee and then he's going to say Mountaineers. <laughs> he's going to say Mountaineers. <laughs> yeah, and people, sh- people should have taken his – and speaking of, speaking of Pat McAfee, people should have taken his parlay over the weekend, part of FanDuel Sportsbook. He should have taken his parlay. Something about Pat McAfee. He just knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about. I should – I should take some of those parlays when I get to them. But we're gonna we're gonna segue into our first topic here tonight. So the first topic is one day, one day until opening night, and we can finally get on track. This this Friday, we're gonna have so much to talk about. (laughs) Oh man! But uh, let's 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 get with the preview for this week. So preview for tomorrow, we have two games. We have seven thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have the Nets and Bucks playing Ooh. in Milwaukee. And then we have 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. We have Warriors at the Staples Center mm. playing the Lakers. So Nets, Bucks. I got the Nets, but not by much. And here's why. I think the Nets are without Kyrie, you know, they're still doing the best that they can. But he, but wait, he can, can he, he travel yeah. to Milwaukee or can he not? He he can, but he can't. He play. has a he has a history of not traveling if he's not playing. So look for Kyrie to just be sitting on the couch. So I still got the Nets winning just because I think their bench is going to come out with a good you know good force. Looking at the bench wise, I think Brooklyn has a better advantage on that part than Milwaukee. I'm going Bucks. Giannis. Have you, Giannis has been pulling up from three. His jump shot has massively it, improved. Where? Why is sweet. Ben Simmons not taking notes? Ben that's Simmons how you get better. Like that's how you basketball. get better. Literally, that's how you get better by See, working on the offseason, not showing old highlight tapes. Ben Simmons playing. has never had to work for. He, I mean, he he puts in the work. I get that, but he's never. He doesn't have a Giannis. Effort. He it's doesn't have a Giannis effort. story. Giannis no. came from nothing. Ben Simmons went to Montverde Academy. Went to LSU. On a full scholarship to LSU. Number one draft pick. Never had to pick himself up by his bootstraps. Always been bigger, better, faster, stronger than everybody else on the court. So he didn't have to shoot the ball. He could get to right. the basket whenever he wanted. He's always right. had incredible teammates, except for LSU. They were garbage. At Montverde, they were the number one team in the country. Mm-hmm. He had great teammates. If he got to the basket, he could throw it out and they could hit the shot. But now he's playing against guys who are just as big, just as fast, just as strong, and just as good, if not better. And he's cracking or crumbling under that pressure. But Giannis, so, Giannis from nothing. Right. So you got the Bucks. I got the Nets. I give it – I give Nets by under 10. What is the over under on this game? Let me see. They got Brooklyn by one and a half. Brooklyn by one and a half. I'm taking that. I'm taking the Bucks in that. You're taking the Bucks in that. Yeah. Spread. All right. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got Warriors. Lakers. Warriors still without Clay, though he has been practicing. He's not cleared yet, but it's and the Lakers. You know, they look okay. Not a strong preseason, but there wasn't much to kind of look at through the preseason. You got game one, the first game of the season tomorrow night. Lakers a three and a half point favorite. 
I'm taking the Lakers to cover that spread. I'm taking the Lakers too. Yeah. But if Steph comes out shooting lights out, ooh, that's going to be trouble. That's, that's going to be real yeah. trouble. That's the reason. I'll take the Lakers, but I'm still taking it under 10 because LeBron has to hit and be a great floor general. I mean, you got Westbrook who can dish the ball out. He's Russell Westbrook's still trying to go for his stat line. Melo can shoot. I mean, you got the vets I'm, on that team is bench is it's weak. The bench gonna, is weak. I'm gonna put myself and my reputation on the line, and I'm gonna say Lakers by 15. Really? Yeah. I don't okay. think it's gonna be close. I think the Lakers are that good and can be that good. Okay, we'll see. And look, the pre the preseason, I'm not putting any merit to the preseason. LeBron doesn't care about the regular season. Why would he care about the preseason? Yeah, I get so, what you mean. Like so, the, the matchup wise, like Draymond can't guard LeBron anymore. Ain't nobody on the Warriors gonna guard Anthony Davis. Steph can't guard Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook can kind of guard himself at times, but I think the the Lakers' offense is just gonna be too much. All right, and we'll do speed round here. Wednesday Wednesday games um, that we have. We have first game. Pacers, Hornets, Charlotte, two-point favorite. Who do you got? Uh, Pacers. Uh, Bulls, Pistons, 7 p.m. EST. Bulls, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you got? Bulls by 30. Ooh. Celtics, Knicks, 7.30. Knicks, one-point favorite. Is this in New York? This is in Madison Square Garden. I'm going Knicks. Uh, Wizards, Raptors. Raptors, a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to go with Raptors. Really? I might go with the Wizards just to see how they look. Because, you know, with that, the acquisitions that they have, it's not big names. And even my bystander, my bystander Kuzma's kind of slacked. Yeah. But they still got a decent roster. Uh, Gri- Cavs at Grizzlies. Memphis a seven and a half point favorite. 8 p.m. EST. I think you skipped a couple. If we're looking no. at the same screen. You're just going in order a different way. I'm just going in order in a different way. Gotcha. So you said Cavs, Grizzlies. I'm going with Grizzlies. So they're a seven and a half point favorite. I'm gonna I I'm think, gonna go that they'll they'll cover that. I think they'll cover it. Uh Rockets at Minnesota, 8 p.m. EST, Minnesota, five and a half point. I'm going Minnesota. Uh Sixers, Pelicans. Philly is a four and a half. Is Ben Simmons playing? This I their first game. It. I doubt it. He's had three and a half days before their first game to get in game shape. I so would he might not no. play a full game, but Zion is not playing either. No, but and Philly's roster without Ben Simmons is still better than a Pelicans roster that they have. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Philly just because Joel Embiid is playing and Zion's not. Yeah. Uh Magic Spurs in San Antonio. Spurs a five and a half point favorite. I'm gonna go with the Magic. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the underdog on this one. I'm gonna go with the Magic. Okay, I'll take the Spurs and I'll take the points. Uh, we have Thunder in Utah in Salt Lake City. Utah a 12 point favorite. I think they easily cover that. Yeah, they'll easily cover that. I was thinking, I was thinking more like 15 or 20. So we have. So before we get to the last the, the last one, I'm gonna go the one under it. We have. Kings at Portland. Portland a five-point favorite. I'm going to go Portland, and I think they'll cover that easily. And then the last one, we have the Nuggets, Suns, a six-point favorite. And an interesting story to come out, Aiton did not agree to the contract. Suns and DeAndre Aiton could not come to a contract agreement. Aiton won. I feel like Aiton, DeAndre Aiton wanted too much for a max contract. He's a defensive guy. You, you can't give a defensive guy max money anymore. That's in a, why in a league that doesn't focus I'm, on defense. That's why I'm, I'm still, he hasn't built himself enough. Like he hasn't, he's he proved doesn't it, have the clout. but he doesn't have the clout, and he doesn't have say enough of you know of a name for himself yet. Yeah. He's made a name the last year, but he still needs to keep it up. Yeah, he can't just go down. That's yeah. the thing. The, what, the funny thing is I compare the fact that he wants a max contract to what Patrick Mahomes is going through right now because – and I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes isn't a 
outstanding football player. Like he's earned his money. Yeah. But he's made some in the last six games. He's thrown eight interceptions in 2020 and 2000. Oh no, 2019, 2020. He threw a total of 11 interceptions. Total. That that's what happens. Defenses start to figure you out, unless you're like generational talent. Now this could just be a bad year. It could, but I'm also looking at that. They have they did not improve that roster. They did not do anything to that roster to improve it. They felt that that was it, and it stinks because they're a good team. But I'm covering. I got the Suns covering it, but it's going to be close. What's the what's the it's spread a, on this one? Phoenix is a six point favorite. I'm going to say that the Nuggets will cover that, but Phoenix will win. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think Aiton's going to have a big year. Um, contract year, he's got something to prove. I think. I think they're going to try to get without paid. without a deal though. It's going to be interesting. Paul, Chris Paul is vocal about him wanting to get paid. Right. So I think I think they're going to do everything they can to give Aiton like a really really breakout year. Right. And, and then, I don't think we have Jamal Murray back yet, do we? We don't. Yeah, so yeah, that sounds easy. Uh Thursday, we have Mavericks Hawks, Atlanta a two and a half, which Whoa. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Dallas on this one. Dallas too. You be because you'd be dumb to take Atlanta. Because I need to see if Atlanta can come out of the gate strong. Yeah. John Collins, you know, has some highlight reels, but that's preseason. I need to see him do it in the real deal. I can't – yeah, I can't discredit everything Luka's done the last two years because of what Trey Young did half of last year. So, so I'm going to go with Dallas. So they have Bucks and Heat, but they don't have a spread, which is interesting. But mm-hmm. Bucks, Heat, and they're in Miami. I'm going to go with Miami on this one. I'm, I'm really big on Miami this year. I, I think this could I'll be a go- good year. Miami because I want to see what the what they are. Yeah, I want to see how they've improved through the year. I think and then this the could last be a really one, big year for Miami. And then for third, and the last one for Thursday, and we're not going to go into Friday because we'll talk about that Friday. We have Clippers in Golden State to play the Warriors. Golden State's a three point favorite. Golden State's going to cover that spread. Golden Clippers State's going to cover. Golden State's going to easily cover that spread. Yeah, without Kawhi, the Clippers are like a seven, eight, nine seed. I know that's what right. Golden State was last year, but Golden State was also out of their second best player. Right. So. And then that's it for the NBA season preview for this week because we will cover, you know, all those games on Friday. We're excited that the NBA is back tomorrow. I'm excited. I know Jake's excited. He's I'm ready so to excited. see he's ready to see LeBron do his thing and yep. Miami do their thing. I want to I want to see LeBron put another banner up in the rafters. I do too. I want the Lakers to win. Just because I can't uh, wait to have all those arguments with those Michael Jordan stands. So before we get to our one-on-one Hooper profile, we have the college basketball preseason AP poll out, college basketball, Ooh. men's college basketball around the corner. So I'll go through from 10 to 1, and you tell me if they deserve that spot or they don't. Me, so number 10. Let me get this pulled up here. So that's let me know when, when you're ready. And we'll, so we have number 10. We have the Kentucky Wildcats. Oh, I've got some audio going in my ear. Okay. Kentucky at number 10. Yes. That is deserving. I think they had a really, really good draft class coming in this year. Number 9, we have the Blue Devils. Duke, I haven't heard much about Duke in the offseason. I'm going to say that's just based on the brand. Is Shashevsky? This is Shashevsky's last season. This isn't is it? his last season. So yeah. I think it's deserved. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's not deserved, but I want to see how it goes in his last, you know, the last ride. Yeah. This is his last ride. I think he's ready to win it all. You got number eight, you got Baylor, who's coming. That's disrespectful. Off because they're coming off the title. If you win the title, you should open the next season preseason number one. It's disrespectful otherwise. It's like, have, oh, you you had one lucky year, but you can't sustain it. Right, and it's it is this because they they are they they have we're strong like, but a lot yeah, of those guys strong. went to the but a lot of those guys went to the draft. Like I remember, Baylor's I always big, strong. Their big man went. Their like center went to the draft. Like he was no joke. 
Baylor, then, Baylor's always strong. So, number seven, and this kind of caught my eye, Purdue, the yeah. Boilermakers. It caught my eye. I, I, I think they're a little high. I could put them at 10. They're, they would be in the top 10, but they'd be number 10. They haven't done enough, in my opinion, to be number seven. That is a little we got, ambitious. And then number six, we have the Wolverines out of Michigan. Yeah, that, that's good. I can't, I can't, I mean, you can make an argument for them to be higher. You can make an argument for them to be lower. I can't complain about six. I can't um, either. I think I picked them at once my bracket fell apart after like the first game last year. I think I picked Michigan to go all the way. Number five, we have the Texas Longhorns. Horns go down. I will never say anything good about the Texas Longhorns. So they <laughs> are grossly stick. overrated. Grossly okay. overrated. Actually, side story. I had a customer come into my office today. He was wearing a Texas hat. I made sure to tell him horns down. <laughs> That's funny. No disrespect on my end for the Longhorns, but Jake has tons coming like from me. Tons coming me. from Mr. Atkins over there. Uh, number four, um, it doesn't surprise me because they're usually they're always up there. We got the Villanova, the Wildcats. Yeah, they're all they they deserve every year to be in the every top year because they, yeah. they make surprise moves and they make great runs late in the year. You don't hear about them early, but later on, you're like, man, they're making they're making a push. And They're their conference is not the toughest top to bottom. They kind of dominate it every yeah. year. So, yeah. Number three, we got the Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah. yeah I think it's it deserved. Is. Number two, the UCLA Bruins. Getting some first place votes here. Let me see this roster that they have. It's interesting because I could see US, UCLA top ten. But number two, I feel like you switch Baylor and UCLA. I feel like it would work better. But you know, that's me. See, they've got or at least oh, move Baylor up. They're young. Yeah, they ha- they Sophomore, brought in some young. T- yeah, junior, freshman, junior, freshman, junior. There's not a lot of seniors on that team. Yeah, that's tough. They don't have any names though. Like I don't recognize anybody on this team. You get some transfers wherever you want, and it works. Transfers, you know, the guys who have improved in the off season. And then number one, which is a surprise because they they picked up a lot in senior signing days, was Gonzaga, the Bulldogs. See, I wasn't impressed with Gonzaga last year. When they played West Virginia, I felt like West Virginia should have won. I know that's, that's biased on me just because I'm a Mountaineer fan, but genuinely I felt that West Virginia should have won that game. So the fact that they made it all the way was a surprise to me. I didn't think they were that good. But, I mean, every year we do this with Gonzaga, and every year they don't win. It's like What's, Notre Dame football. Every single year. It's because – and I, and I actually would think about that analogy. They're good on paper, but when they play a tough out-of-conference team, it gets smoked. Now, they do have Chet Holmgren. They do. They freshman pick, seven foot. But this uh-huh. dude is seven feet tall. I weigh more than this kid does. He's going to get pushed around. You can't tell me that seven foot tall Chet, seven foot, 195 pound Chet Holmgren Gosh, is going to stand in against under 200. And he's seven. No, he's not. He's going to get bullied down there. He's going to get bullied. Yeah. He, I mean, he's got great skill set, but he's going to have to guard somebody who's 6'10, 250 pounds, 245 pounds. If Derek Culver from West Virginia gets his hands on this kid, he'll eat him oh, alive. If Oscar Sheebway from Kentucky gets his hands on this kid, he's going to eat him alive. Won't even be close. Yeah, he he's got a he's got a bulk up. So, do you so at at the end of the day, agree disagree? What would you change from this lineup? Gonzaga should not be number one. I would put them at number two. Respectfully, they made the national championship last year. Baylor should be number one. I would put probably Kansas at three, Nova at four. I'm going to put Michigan at five. I'm going to throw Memphis into the top 10, too. Really? Um, yeah. I really liked Memphis last year. Um, and isn't, isn't Penny the coach? Yeah. Penny Hardaway the coach? So, got a good name for that. I, here's what I would put. I Like you said, I would put – I would move Texas to nine, move Purdue up, and, you know, te- well, I would move Texas, yeah, way back. 
like even to 10. Yeah, I don't want Texas in my top 10. Um, but it'd be interesting yeah, to see Kenny, once the season Kenny's starts. the coach. They've got – I'm trying to see. I can't find it. We might want to cut it short here. We'll be cutting – Cutting close on time. We'll, we can catch up to it on Friday. Yeah. All right, guys. So we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back up on Friday. We're excited to see the college basketball season when that starts, as well as the NBA season tomorrow. So we'll be right back with more Hoot Jack. We have our one-on-one Hooper profile with Appalachia State women's basketball player Michaela Porter coming up. So stay tuned. Welcome back, Hoop Jack fans. And today for our one-on-one Hooper profile, we have App State women, Appalachian State women's basketball player, Michaela Porter. Michaela, it's good to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. So you grew up playing basketball around the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area, correct? Yes, that is so, correct. So what was it like playing there and kind of what was the basketball culture like? So to be honest, for a while, it it was hard for me to even start to pick up a basketball. Um, My mom really didn't want me to play. So I was more into cheerleading dance, like that type of um, crowd, I should say. Mm -hmm. But when I did start, um, you know, it was, it was fun. It was competitive. It was, um, you know, just something for a lot of people to do to, uh, help them, you know, release some energy that they might have built up or just meet new people. Um, but it was really, really fun. And I just, I've learned a lot from playing in that area. And that's part of the reason why I'm where I'm at today. And you played your basketball kind of youth career starting from like middle high school at Obama Academy, correct? That's correct. So what was it like playing for the academy, that that academy um again it was really really fun um i met some of my best friends on that team and throughout those years um we won four straight city championships in high school which is you know a huge accomplishment and so far the only you know group of girls to have done that in the city uh so it, it was super fun, um, and I still am really, really close with all my teammates from those years that I played there. So you made you and the team pretty much made a name for yourself in the city of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. without a doubt. And then you, at a young age, you're inducted into the junior Pittsburgh City League Junior Hall of Fame. What was that feeling like? Um, it was uh, pretty exciting uh unexpected honestly i never really was one to harp on the awards or um acknowledgments and stuff so it was just mm-hmm. nice though to be recognized and um and surrounded by other really really great players and people at that time so that was a really cool experience so it sounds like you're one of the ones who it I'm putting in the work first, the result will follow. Absolutely. And then speaking of that, you played for the for the Western PA Bruins, which is really high level uh, AAU basketball team around the city of uh, around Pennsylvania, correct? Correct. So what was it like playing for them and then also taking the team to the Adidas Gauntlet Championship? Oh man, that that was some of the best and most fun basketball I've ever played. Um, that's where I really, you know, gained a chunk of my knowledge for the game, my love for the game. Um, that was a super. Uh, well, first I should say, I wished that I would have started playing AAU with them. Um, I waited a, f- a long time before I. Um, actually joined that program. But when I did, they were, they welcomed me with open arms. They had been trying to get me to play for them for years before I finally decided to. And I'm very, very grateful for, you know, being surrounded by people that just believed in me and pushed me to be the best that I could be. Cause I really did, like I said, I didn't really, 
I wasn't really into basketball that much. So what I was doing was just for fun and because we were traveling and, you know, making friends and stuff. But they really pushed me to my full potential and helped me realize that I could play at the next level um, if I just put the little extra work in. And then on uh, the championship, now that was that was super, super fun. Um, we played against a few players that are in the WNBA, WNBA now um, trying to lead up to that championship game. Uh, I specifically remember Michaela. I, I don't I don't want to butcher her last name, but it starts with an O. She plays on the New York Liberty. Um, but she was on one of the teams that we had to play before we reached the championship. Um, but we just that team just had a lot of heart. We played aggressive. We played together and it was really, really fun. And the championship was so rewarding. And that that's like one of my favorite basketball memories ever. And that's good to hear that you kind of it was like a whole family unit. Like y'all were, are y'all still close to this day? Absolutely. Um, I talk to those teammates all the time. Uh, we, you know, we're all in our separate areas of life and, you know, a lot of them still play. Some people don't, but when we can, we all try to get together, see each other, go out to eat. We're not always in the city and stuff at the same time, but when we are, we do try to, you know, get in touch and hang out. And that's good to hear that y'all are still close. And then throughout your high school career, you're making a name for yourself. You're helping teams win titles. You're being, you're ranked pretty high on the ESPN, kind of on the ESPN docket. You're making a name for yourself. What was the decision to start your college career for the Cincinnati, for, for the University of Cincinnati, the Bearcats? Yeah, so um, coming out of high school, um, I was kind of looking for a school that was closer to home. Um, Cincinnati was on the list, Memphis. Those are like the top two that I remember. Um, and you know, Memphis is pretty far from Pittsburgh and Cincinnati was a little closer. So, um, and I had never really been without my family and my parents and stuff, um, you know, coming out of high school. So that was definitely a factor then, um, also a coach that an, an assistant coach that had been recruiting me, he was one of the people who gave me my first offer um, prior to him being at Cincinnati. So I had already had a connection with him and for him to move schools and still and it was at a, you know, a, a higher level at that. Um, I thought, you know, he he was somebody who also believed in me who thought I could play at that level. So um, I went with them. And you spent your first two seasons for the Bearcats playing great basketball. And then you took the talent that you have and then are now playing for Appalachian State in Boone, North Carolina. What was the decision to transfer? Um, so after my freshman year, we had received the completely new coaching staff and uh, my sophomore season just didn't go um, as planned. Um, and I was, uh, I was given my release off the team. And so I, you know, had to figure out my other options and I decided to come up here to App State. And the decision, it was probably a hard one, but it was the one you made and it's, good to hear that you have transitioned to a role on the team that kind of suits you. It fits right. you to be on this team. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what's it like? And speaking of the team, what, what is it like playing for uh, head coach Angel Elderkin? I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, that was right. <laughs> um, it, it's, it was almost like a blessing in disguise. Um, I didn't, like I said, my sophomore season really didn't go how I wanted it to go. And I was really, you know, hoping and praying for a situation that I, you know, was surrounded by people who um, poured into me and helped me build my confidence and find my love for the game again. Um, and playing for Coach Elderkin really, really, you know, helped me do that on top of just pushing myself to be a better person on and off the court. So it's been a very, very 
humbling experience, I can say. And also just I'm forever grateful for, you know, landing in this in this type of situation and being able to be under someone who has so much knowledge of the game and um, really, really cares for me off the court as well. And that's good. How kind of on and off the court, no matter what, she's looking out for you guys and looking out mm-hmm. for your best interests. Yep. So you're one of the you're one of the upperclassmen on the team, correct? Yes, yeah, super senior. <laughs> one of the things I did find uh, that I never thought I would hear on the App State website, it says COVID senior. Yeah. <laughs> so what's what's interesting is I, I've never uh, like this is this only happens to like the last few years of so you are playing in the middle of, you know, the pandemic COVID, you know, basketball kind of halted for a year, basically, mm-hmm. and kind of everything kind of shut down. What was kind of your mindset going through that and how were you able to keep yourself up? mentally and make sure that the that the team chemistry was still there no matter Uh, what yeah um well you know first and foremost just trying to stay as healthy as possible um we were kind of forced in a good way to you know only be around each other each other so i feel like that that year this past year really uh helped our team because we didn't have a choice but to have those conversations with the person to the right and left of us because we didn't want to risk going outside of our bubble and, you know, bringing anything back to the team. Um, So it was actually really, really uh, beneficial. Um, Even though it was a tough, tough time for the world, I feel like for us, we tried to always start the day off with being grateful for being able to have the opportunity to practice. And then going into the season, we didn't have one game canceled. Um, We played our schedule. Um, So that was, you know, a a blessing as well. Um, But, and then mentally, um, you know, I just tried to stay busy with doing other things. Uh, I was in the gym more often. you know, hung out with my teammates more. So just trying to stay, keep myself busy and not be, you know, just in my room and not doing anything because a lot of people, that's what they were doing. Right. You were trying to, you know, keep yourself busy, not yeah. kind of put yourself in a state where I'm being an introvert. You're more of an extrovert. You yeah, want to be out there. You want to be moving and grooving. You want to be playing as much as you can. Yeah, <laughs> which I understand. I I felt the same way too, and it's you know it, you get you get bored real easily with not doing nothing. When you, yeah, when you know you have something to do, right? Um. So being a COVID senior, what are some of the um goals you kind of want to f- close out on at your time at App State? Um, the biggest I would say is obviously winning a championship. Um. But I would also say, like, some of my smaller goals are defensive player of the year. Um, honestly, that's really, like, that's what I'm focused on the most. And I really don't care about other awards, but I definitely want that award because I take pride in my defense. <laughs> and defense wins championships, so it yes. can go hand in hand. Yep. Um, so before I get to my last question, I want to be able to talk to you about, you know, the NIL and athletes being able to make money off name likenesses, everything like that. So mm-hmm. I know kind of it's, it's all out there, but talk to me about spoiled baller. So spoiled baller is actually something that my mom came up with a long time ago. Um, Like I said, at the beginning, I was not, basketball was not me at all. It was, you know, I I grew up around it. My dad played, my brother played, but I didn't want to do that. And my mom was a cheerleader, so she wanted me to be a cheerleader. She wanted me to dance, like stuff like that. And so 
Uh, I mean, I grew up, you know, spoiled kind of, but then years go by and I become a baller. And then my mom just kind of, you know, formed the name and the idea of spoiled baller. And then once the NIL stuff came out, um, I reached out to Boosted Biz and got them to try to, you know, help me make that a thing. Um, but that that has that idea has been around for a few years, and I was happy that I got to actually, you know, finally display it because I feel like a lot of girls, especially nowadays, can relate to that and um, rock the brand. And it's good to hear that that's what you want to. That's kind of what the name you want it to be, and it kind of it comes from you know where the family, like especially your mom saying like you're this and you're that but i mean it's your brand it's who you are and it's what you love right right um so my last question to you uh is what advice would you give a high school hooper wanting to play at the college level um i would say always you know always be open-minded to working on new things there's never um there's always something that you can be working on you can always better any skill, any move, anything, honestly, in your game. Um, to be a sponge, um, surround yourself with people who have knowledge of basketball. And then when you get to the college level, ask questions. Don't be scared to ask questions. Um, get Soak in all the information you can. And then I would also say um, just – Always go back to your why. Um, it's easy to get caught up in the cameras and the lights and the you know the gear we get and all that stuff. But behind closed doors, athletes do go through a lot um, physically, mentally, emotionally, um, and it can strip your love sometimes for the game. But always just go back to your why. Always go back to the people who believe in you, um, and think of those people and think of you know, who's looking up to you. Um, and that'll really help you push past some of those points that you feel like you're, you can't dig yourself out. So um, that would definitely be my advice to a high school hooper who is wanting to play college hoops. I think that's some great advice to anyone listening. And I think it's, it's something to live by. De definitely. So I want to thank you, Michaela, for taking the time to come on the show and guys make sure to check her out this season her covid senior season for app state <laughs> i'm looking forward to seeing you guys do well this season as well as check out her merch line on her page uh, and also at boosted biz the brand spoil baller can't wait to see how you do this season i can't wait to see the brand grow thank you so much for having me no problem we'll be right back with more hoop chat guys so stay tuned all right, guys, welcome back to Hoop Jack. I can't believe that we had the honor and the opportunity to talk to Kayla Porter, a COVID senior, as she called it, which I never heard that term before until, you know, last year, this past year. But it's interesting, kind of. Imagine if you and I were COVID seniors. You know, I was, I was looking at or I was listening to a football game the other day in the car, and they said there was like a seventh-year senior. How does that work? I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna have to do some more digging into that for Friday. I, I want to know how. To, how yeah, I'm gonna have to do some math digging on that one. The the math doesn't add up, so we don't really have a Dano's deep dive. So we're gonna switch our Dano's deep dive to our Dan Dano's mindful moment. And Jake, I know you you can't get enough of Dano's, and I know how much you love Dano's. So why don't you tell the fans how much you love Dano's? So Dano's, I call it the utility seasoning because you can literally put it on anything. Um, it's low sodium, low sugar, all natural ingredients. You're still going to get that salt flavor, but you don't have to use a lot of it. So it's going to be good for your cholesterol. If you're an athlete and you want to eat like healthy food that has really, really good flavor, Dano's is the only way to go. It is. It's true, guys. We love it. We know y'all love it. Make sure to use code HOOPJACK on your purchase 
for the Dan on the Dano seasoning website. So our mindful, so we're going into our Dano's mindful moment and I'm taking a page out of what Jake had talked about from our Dano's moment. It's about sleep. Oh my goodness. I can't even tell you guys how tired I am from this last weekend. I not only, I worked a total of, I would say, 20 hours of my 48-hour weekend. And my goodness, today, even I went to work today, even the kids that I teach, they're like, are you okay? You look tired. (laughs) Are you sure you're okay? It's bad enough that I know I'm tired. It's even worse when the kids that I'm teaching are like, are you you okay, Mr. Armistead? Are you tired? I'm like, man, how do y'all, why are y'all so intuitive? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just like, man, I got to have a better poker face. <laughs> you got to put those sunglasses on. I I forgot. I didn't think it was going to be sunny. I was like, it was windy. It was cloudy in the morning. And I'm like, man, as soon as I got done with work, I nearly fell asleep when I got home in my car. And I was just like, man, I need to go to bed early. But I also got to stop working so much. I can't be doing this side gig that I do of refing three days a week where I start at 7.30 and I'm not done till 10.30. I can't do it. I got to find a way to just not ref as much and focus more on this and my teaching job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes we just try to balance too much. And I'm taking a page from your book. Sleep is the ultimate, you know, luxury. So I've got the lowdown on the seventh year senior. If you want to talk about it now, we can. We can save it for next week. We can talk about it off air, whatever you want to do. Why don't we save it for next week? I'm sure the fans would be interested to know about a seventh year senior. Be thinking about it. Apparently, it's pretty common. Really? Well, that's been our mindful moment, guys. And tune in on Friday to hear about how a seventh year senior is still in college, even though that sounds like a Van Wilder thing. That sounds like a real Van Wilder thing. And if you guys don't know who Van Wilder is, we will tell you on Friday. But I want to thank you guys for tuning into the show. I want you to make sure you check us out on Instagram and on Facebook at underscore hoopjack underscore. Make sure to also check out our Hooper profile player, Michaela Porter, out of App State. Their season's coming up in the Sunbelt Conference. Looking forward to seeing how they do. Um, make sure to check her out and the App State women's team this season. Looking forward to that. And make sure, again, to check out the Dano season and website. Once you go to a purchase, use code HOOPJACK at the end of your purchase. And we're excited to see the show grow. If you want to help support, click that support button on our link tree. Make sure to donate. You can donate however much you want. You can donate in love. And we will one day, we will one day have merch. I think we're on the verge of trying to do bandanas. I feel that would be a good idea. I think... We're trying to do bandanas or even even for your dog, dog bandanas. So if you're interested, let send us a message and let us know. And remember, don't be a bystander. Be a hooper and keep balling. Peace.